hello. Hello. It is uh, the podcast. We are here for it. Uh, let's yes. talk about this. <laughs> so we were doing our um, our standard podcast dance. We dance to the podcast intro song before we <laughs> podcast. That's what we do here. Yeah. And I look over. That was meant to be a surprise, and I just blew it. I look over <laughs> and see a picture of a frowny baby <laughs> that I do not I do not know this baby. Yes, you do. But you don't recognize the baby because you haven't met the baby. That is little baby Rory. Oh. Uh, I, I have been, I was given that picture by Katie, and I intended to surprise you <laughs> with it, and I kept forgetting, and now you found it. But it's hilarious because he looks so damn sad with it's, his little pout lip. It's the saddest baby face I've ever seen, but it's also the, one of the most adorable. So because it's like, it is the pout lip face. Yeah. The plan so with cute, that though. was to put that somewhere like next to the toilet. <laughs> so that <laughs> you sit down in the toilet and you're like, it's what frowny the fuck? Baby. And it's just a baby frowning at you? I don't know. In the middle of dancing to our theme song and seeing a frowny <laughs> baby photo is pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, but I it's meant to put cute. that somewhere where the baby could look at you and be like judging you. Kind Disappointing. Of. My, yeah. Disappointed in my pooping. Yep. Didn't do it, though. So that's anyway, okay. he was disappointed in my dancing. It's and like, we all are. So that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind of worked. Yeah. Um, ah, he's so he's adorable. Cute. He's a cute baby, even when he's very sad. <laughs> they sent me a picture of well, Mike sent me a picture of him taking a bath in the sink. Uh -huh. And he just makes the best concerned face. Yeah, he does have a really good concerned face. Yeah, babies make uh, babies yeah. make all kinds of different faces. Their faces are great. Like, yeah, it's. Because, like, they're discovering all these muscles for the first time. Like, they're developing them. Right. And so they make wild faces. <laughs> <laughs> Babies are great. Yeah. Babies are rule. I don't want my own, but I like them. Yeah. I like being able to give them back. Yeah. But they're pretty but great. But they're great. Ugh, I am feeling uh, very poorly today so this is going to be <laughs> difficult to do a podcast yes i'm like i've had the same sinus problem for four months i can't even tell yeah um probably gonna have to see an ear nose and throat specialist yeah this, is, this just like won't go away yeah um it's not so good and as i told you last night i woke up at 5 a.m feeling like my nose was full of bees yes we both Woke up at some point this morning feeling like part of us had bees in us, which is very weird. It's an unusual thing. Yeah. Your nose was full of bees and my insides were full of bees. Yeah. So I, to be clear, I woke up with my insides vibrating and not understanding what that was yeah. and came to the conclusion it was internal tremors. No idea why. They went away. It's, it's fine. Sensation. It's totally fine. It's nor I'm not dying. I have had that where like, <laughs> I thought like maybe it was just like. Just like gas or something where my stomach is vibrating and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? Yeah. It at first it was like in my abdomen, but it wasn't like specifically localized. Like I couldn't figure out exactly where it was, but it was my abdomen. And then I moved and it was like kind of over my heart. And I was like, this is very weird. Yeah. It went away. But uh, we had a good a day yesterday. We celebrated yes. our anniversary. Which is technically today. Which is today. But and we didn't. we're sharing with you. Yes. Happy we, anniversary to us, bitches. <laughs> You're welcome. We didn't want to uh, order a sushi dinner and do our big thing on Valentine's because we knew that that would just be 
a very busy day. So yeah, and we have other things going on today. Mm-hmm. You have a, in, another engagement, and we want to do this podcast, and we didn't want to have a stressful day trying to fit a bunch of things in. Right. So we did it yesterday. Yeah, we had a good time. It was great. We watched Ready or Not, which is a way better movie yeah. than I thought it would be. Yeah. Probably should be considered an instant classic. I thought it was great. Yeah. It may be a weird choice for like a Valentine's Day or anniversary celebration movie, but I really liked it. It starts and with we a wedding. Like, we like, it's true. We like scary movies and like thriller type stuff. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm yeah. just, I need to remove the baby photo from my grasp <laughs> because I'm playing with it. I'm going to ruin it. You're just fiddling with it. Yeah. We're, we're going to have to put it somewhere funny. <laughs> yes. I don't know exactly where. We'll find a place. The toilet was kind of the best idea. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's our anniversary. It's been good. I got you a chocolate foot. That's <laughs> super weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like a the the outline. It's the the silhouette of a foot with beautifully pearly red toenails. Yeah, and a big heart in the middle. I why that was made. Listen, <laughs> I went to Philadelphia Candies, which is by my work. Mm-hmm. After work one night, and I was like, I'm going to pick up some sweet little treats as a special thing for Dave. And I did that. That was my intention. And I did that. But then I saw a chocolate foot. And I was like, I don't know why this exists. And I don't know why there's so many of them. Who had this idea? I must get one. It's weird. Which is how I buy half the things I buy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is weird. I must own it. Yeah. And now we're going to have to eat a big foot. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be super delicious. You're going to love nibbling on those chocolate toes. It is weird why there's so many of them. Well, it was like a featured item. Like it was like on the top of the Valentine's display. There's a bunch of chocolate feet. Yeah, it's like clearly like, for is... Valentine's. It's got... Oh, no, it's definitely for Valentine's. It's got hearts and stuff on it. Yeah. Do most people, I mean, <laughs> I find it really hard not to steer this into a line of inquiry <laughs> that involves foot fetishism. But Why? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I just don't know. But it was funny to me and I thought you would like it and you did. Yeah, I do. It's bizarre. But I also got us some meltaways and chocolate covered potato chippies. Yeah. I have never had chocolate covered potato chips before. You were missing out. They are super delicious. Yep. Chocolate covered salty anything. I was going to say that I knew that you would like those because... You're not necessarily the biggest sweets guy, but you do appreciate savory. So I know I can get you if it's like salty and sweet. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha good. Ha cha cha. Yeah. So we did a nice day. Yeah. And now we're having another nice day. Oh, we're missing the part where you bought me a bunch of gin. <laughs> and then we drank a bunch of gin. We drank a lot of gin. <laughs> we did. Uh, that was good, though. The uh, Hendrix Orbium, which is like wormwood and quinine and uh, lotus. It's got these really yeah. interesting flavors. And we did it's, a couple of mixies. It's meant to be like a... So when you make a gin and tonic, tonic has quinine in it. It's a very specific bitter flavor. And... Kind of sweet. Yeah. And so they... they they added it to the gin so you don't have to mix it with tonic. Yeah. You can mix it with like seltzer water or whatever and it's already in there. Yeah. And um it's interesting. Yeah, it is. I enjoyed it. And we ended up mixing it with uh flavored seltzer water mm-hmm. and a little bit of grenadine and some bitters and mm-hmm. some lemon and yeah. it was very yummy. 
crazy drinkable. I ended up drinking like two of those. Uh, you may have had three of those. I can't quite remember. <laughs> I, I think you had three. Two or three. I can't remember. And then I had another. You made me a dry martini before that. Oh, that was an interesting experience. The the I'm not really a martini drinker either. So, yeah, I've never had like a classic martini before. I've only had fancy like apple teeny, yeah. chocolate martini, right? But not like like a classic martini. Yeah, good classic dry martini. Now we have vermouth. I didn't even know what vermouth was. Mm-hmm. Now I do. Definitely a huge part of the flavor of a martini. It makes sense that you kind of have to have it. Yes. Um, what this made me want, though, is those little tiny cocktail swords. Yeah. That's what I want to bag yeah, up now. Yeah, because you put olives. Yeah. And you wanted... I want to put like a or like, like a, a little cocktail umbrellas too are good. Yeah, that's I, that feels I like, like it's appropriate for the, the sweet drinks. Yes, a little umbrella. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, we had a really nice evening. I enjoyed myself. Yes. We talked a bunch and <laughs> drank nice. gin and watched a movie and, and ate sushi. A, oh, so much sushi! We that's our tradition. Um. We kept trying to watch H3, like their podcast, and getting derailed and not being able to do it. <clears throat> we finally made it to bed. Like, we're going to lay down and watch this. And I just started falling asleep. You immediately <clears throat> started falling asleep. It was okay, though. <sighs> it was late. Yeah. It was a nice day. It was relaxing and chill, and we had fun. And it was we ate a lot of sushi, but not too much sushi, which is impressive for us. My goal was to order a reprehensible amount of sushi, which I think I succeeded in. But we literally <laughs> ate just a little bit more than just half, of half of it. <laughs> We're going to eat the rest today. Yeah, right. For sure. Mm, probably immediately, immediately after, after this, this podcast. Right? All I've eaten today is toast dipped in hot cocoa. <laughs> That's so weird. Dip and toast in liquid. I, you get, you're going to get some reactions. Up. It's a comfort food. Yeah. It is. It, it, it does get soft and squishy, but also I like it. I don't like squishy bread. I'm going to say hard no. If it's if it's chocolate squishy bread, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I guess. I mean, that objectively um, makes it better, but yeah. still weird. I don't know. It's, the thing is, it's not a texture I would normally like, but because I've eaten it since I was a kid, I it's something comforting about it. Right. Um, in other news, I got contacts. Right. So I can see you and I don't have glasses on my face. Mm-hmm. So that's a new experience for me. I I kind of miss contacts. I liked when I wore them. You know you can wear them again. Mm, I don't know. Because when I had contacts, and maybe I'm different now. You did say you you were bad at them. <laughs> I was really bad at them. It was hard to get them in and out of my eyes. Sometimes I would like, they would uh, get, well, you know, like they go to try and roll up your eye and stuff. Yeah. Um, sometimes I would fold them by accident and break them. And then there's like a crack in the contact you mm. don't see. And then it's scratching your eye up. Yeah. Uh, I would leave them in while I slept, which you are not supposed to do. Yeah. The, I see that being the biggest issue for you because yeah. once you start falling asleep, it's really hard to wake you up. But also right. it's not as big of a problem now that you have the CPAP machine. Like it's you're true. not as tired as you probably were before you got diagnosed. That's true. And I'm also better about certain things. Like I'm able to take medication every day, which used to be yeah. impossible for me. So I could probably do those like routine things that you're supposed to do. Like you just take have your to make out. the routine. Right. It, yeah. 
Um, so I could probably do a little better. But it, it got so bad that I had calluses <laughs> on the insides of my eyelids. Oh, no. So that when I blinked, every time I blinked, my eyes hurt. Oh. Imagine that. That's weird. Yeah. Because the thing is, the contact uh, was roughing up the surface of my eyelid. <laughs> so that's strange. I know. I've never so heard of that. It was, it was weird. It was weird and painful for like a while. And I, I just wasn't allowed to wear contacts for a while after that. And then never went back. I like, I like wearing glasses, but there's one thing I didn't even think of is that now that we're wearing masks, I won't have to worry about my glasses fogging up because I'm not wearing. Them. I didn't think about that. Um, I mentioned it, so I'm in a couple ADHD groups, and I mentioned, like, hey, just got contacts. What do you think the likelihood is that I'll actually be able to add this to my morning routine? <laughs> but also, like, what, what things have you all done that are, like, small changes that have really helped you? And one person said the the best thing to happen that helped her be able to make contacts part of her routine was having to wear a mask yeah. because it's a pain in the dick to wear glasses with it. Right. And so after many years of like not wearing contacts, she switched to wearing contacts every day and it hasn't been a big deal because it's been so beneficial. I imagine to be wearing them. And I was like, that's a good point. I didn't even think about. <laughs> yeah. I kind of miss contacts. It's a cool, it's it's just nice to like your eyes just do what they're supposed to kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. I've never ever worn them since I've I've needed, you know, corrective lenses in some way, I, I, which is since like high school. Mm-hmm. I've never worn contacts. I just never, I liked glasses. I just never yeah. felt the need. But I started thinking about it when I was doing roller derby. Right. Um, And then was like, I, you know, I can just, Buy some glasses on Zenny to have some backups and I can get contacts and right. we can do this thing. <laughs> I want prescription aviators. Yeah, it'd be cool. You I, can get them. I like aviators. I don't know if that's a <clears throat> bad look now or what. I don't know. What they the sell cons- them. I mean, I don't know what the consensus is on whether that looks good, but I think they look cool. Yeah. I got a few different kinds of glasses and I got uh, prescription sunglasses but I'm, now that I have contacts, I can get regular sunglasses. Oh, my goodness. It's so exciting. Are, are you aware of this thing that's happening right now at Target where, like, they're selling, like, Amish-looking clothing? Like prairie dresses? Yeah. What's going on there? So Help me out. <laughs> okay. So, like, a couple months ago, the pictures started coming out of, like, their new line of dresses that they're they have out at Target. Yeah. People taking pictures of them and just thinking it's really funny because they're really old timey prairie looking dresses. Yeah, they look I, I got and a picture. Everyone of it. just thought it was hysterical that like we're in the middle of a pandemic and <laughs> and it's like, yep, we're just embracing the prairie life. Like yeah. <laughs> we're all homesteaders now. <laughs> and people just like went for it. And so now there's a bunch of women posting Pictures of themselves in their prairie dresses in like old school poses. I saw one the other day that was this one girl in a prairie dress holding a shotgun (laughs) and like another girl next to her in her prairie dress holding a bunny rabbit. And like it looks like an old the way they frame it looks like an old photo. You know, it's right. I just think it's funny. Everyone's like Target. This was a weird choice. We're fucking embracing it. <laughs> we're I guess taking, it's selling. We're taking your weird choice and we're raising 
we're raising it. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Craig sent me a picture and he's like, I was unaware that Gen Z <laughs> wants to dress like Amish people, but apparently that's what they're doing. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily Gen Z. Okay. I don't know who made these choices, <laughs> but I think mostly because it's funny, a lot of people have gotten on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see it. Kind of an ironic thing. And you then, wouldn't fill your closet. With remember it. that ad I posted in our group chat? It's like a, it's it's a picture for a plus size clothing company, and the tagline says something about the clothes you want to wear. Uh-huh. But it's like this woman. It's a romper. Uh huh. But it has like eighties color scheme, eighties or nineties color scheme, with like the prairie style collar, but in it's a romper instead of a dress. What is going on? It looks like she's a giant toddler, and I'm like, <laughs> no like- one wants to wear that. <laughs> this is poor advertising. And I just, I'm like, I feel like you're trying to get on board with too many trends at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like someone is frantically just like, I don't know. I don't know what to get people to buy. Let's try everything. It, it was really funny because she's like sitting in a weird way. She's like sitting on a flat surface. She's not like in a chair. So she's got like her leg tucked up under herself and it looks like a little kid, but like she looks like she's wearing she looks like a toddler. <laughs> it, I, I will have to find the photo for you. But weird social media ads are the best. The stuff I'm, people get advertised to them that I see is incredible. Wait, benches. Yeah, I'm just getting ads for benches. I didn't search for benches. I have no need for a hexagon-shaped bench that goes around a tree. Shall I say my joke? Sure. <laughs> You're a ten out of ten joke. That. You have 99 problems, but a bench ain't one. It sure ain't. Yeah. Ace. It's a great joke. Yeah. <laughs> Another update. Uh, podcast dog has a podcast bed. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if we talked about the horrifying no, scenario when. When I thought I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We went into like operations mode here in the house. Yeah. Because like this. Mostly you. Uh, well, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is like, and it's so difficult. I felt really, I actually felt very guilty about it. But if one of us is starting to get sick, it's probably imperative on us to try and keep the other one from getting sick. Yeah. So I started grabbing. You moved into the basement. Hardware and like computer equipment and, and everything, my my sleep stuff. And I laid out mattresses downstairs and I had my battle station here at my desk and I sat up all night playing Factorio, (laughs) dreading uh, getting sick. (laughs) Uh, I went and got a COVID test the next day. So so this is what happened. Uh, People at work had been getting COVID and several had been positive with it. Yeah. And were homesick. And then I the one day at work, I started to feel sick. And it started with just like a headache, which is pretty common Mm -hmm. symptom for COVID, but it's also just a generic symptom. I sometimes get headaches if I don't like sleep well enough. So I was also really tired that day. And I tend to be sleepy, but I was like very tired. Uh And I was like, I don't know what's going on. So it wasn't until like I, I went to go on my lunch break and I was like, I need to look up what the COVID symptoms are again. 
and realized that like the problem is everything's a COVID symptom, right? But I realized that it's so I had a headache and it wasn't going away, uh-huh. and I was very tired, and I had sore muscles, mm-hmm. and like. I felt like I I was sinusy that day, and I felt like I had the beginnings of a sore throat, uh-huh. and I was like, "That's too many." Well, you started coughing too. I, yeah, I, I was getting a cough too. So that, I was that's like, when this, my ears went up. I'm like, oh, I was like, okay. "This is too many for me to ignore." Right. Like the I have to say something, mm-hmm. especially with people being sick lately, and it had been like the the, the way our setup is. There's like a separate section where a lot of the other people that work their work, I don't work in that section. So I'm a little separated. So it was mostly the people in that section who'd been getting sick, but someone who worked closer to me got sick. Right. And then when I ended up telling my boss that I wasn't feeling well, I ended up finding out that one of my other bosses just found out he had it and he didn't really have any symptoms. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Okay, yeah, like, we got to take it serious. And so they sent me home, and I got a COVID test the next day, like a rapid one, and it came back negative. And sometimes you could get a false negative, so they had me stay home the rest of the week just to be sure I started feeling better, and I did. And I went back the following Monday, Yeah, and I've been fine. So it was like a false alarm, but it was like we had to play it safe in the meantime and that's why we now have a bed in our basement <laughs> yeah and it's kind of near the podcast it's in the podcast area and um leroy is embracing it dude looks comfy as hell he loves a bed he should come over <laughs> here and do the show and i should lay down my first thought because i forgot we had the bed set up down here my first thought when i walked down was like oh, i want a podcast from the bed <laughs> and then Leroy jumped up there and I was like, he swooped in. Just a cozy dude. He swooped me. I'll I'll try to post this picture on the podcast group. Mm. I say try because there's a good likelihood I just will forget. Yep. Almost definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway, do we wanna move on and do the show? Yeah, I think first before we do that, I would really like to play a game. All right. I know we don't always do it, but I think for our anniversary, it would be a really nice special thing to do is play a little game. Try something new. Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. That sounds good. What is it? It's called Truths and Fnews. You mean to tell me, you mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to me. It's time for Truths and Fnews. Time to play Truths and Fnews. Everyone's playing, everyone's playing a famous game, famous game, the game that's taking the internet by storm. It's time for Truths and a Merv Griffin production. Yeah, right. <clears throat> I'm on board. You ready to play? <laughs> well, I would, but I don't know how to play. <sighs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll tell you the rules. Are you ready for the rules? <laughs> yes. Truths and Fnews is a game, a fun little game, an internet sensation of a game in which I will give you two false news headlines and one true news headline, <laughs> the Fnews and the Trues. And you have to tell me what that truth is. <laughs> I got sing-songy at the end. Yeah, that was good, though. It's a good curveball. Are you ready? I am ready. 
(laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Drug smugglers embrace face masks as a means to conceal their identities and their drugs, DEA warns. Oh, hiding drugs in the mask. That's a, okay, that feels real. Number two. Mm -hmm. Happy Valentine's Day. All female group of bandits on a spree make out with thousands in festive merchandise. Ooh, that also feels real. Huh. Number three. Mm-hmm. Warren police search for men who pooped in unlocked cars at auto shops. <laughs> like our Warren? No, it's uh, actually Warren, Michigan. Oh, okay. Mm, that feels really real. <clears throat> oh, my God. Okay. I Want to recap? Yes, but I have, like, no idea how to like, whittle this one down. <laughs> They all feel like true stories to me. Drug smugglers embrace face masks as a means to conceal their identities and their drugs, DEA warns. Mm -hmm. Number two. Happy Valentine's Day. All female group of bandits on a spree make out with thousands in festive merchandise. (laughs) Okay. And number three. Warren police search for man who pooped in unlocked cars at auto shops. (laughs) How would you even go about finding that guy? I mean, like, he leaves only his poop behind. What other? I don't know. I really want to go with Poop Bandit. He's not really a bandit. There was a bandit in the other headline. Yeah. I want to go with the guy. You're saying the mad pooper? (laughs) Yes, the man on a uh, brutal pooping spree. I think that's it. Final answer. Final answer. You are correct, sir. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy that really happened. Um, <laughs> a camera may have caught his license plate. Oh, that's how they're tracking him down. I didn't even think that he would be driving around. I just figured he's walking by. He's got a poop. There's also, an opportunity. In related news, someone in a nearby area may or may not be the same person pooped in a box at Meyer and put it back on the shelf. Oh, whoa. Wait, okay. Wait, like near, also near Warren, Michigan? Uh, I think it's nearby. Okay. But let me see if it's actually. <laughs> yeah, it's also like, so this, these stories come from the Detroit Free Press. So they're all in a similar area. You know what I really like when I think about it is imagine being the detective who like comes across the poop <laughs> in a box at Meyer and he's like, recognize that poop anywhere that's that's our man (laughs) that's our man that's our pooper it's the same mo as the previous poopers according to fox 2 the security footage showed the man grabbing sanitary napkins opening a customer's van and pooping inside it the man came back again in january but kept his pants on that time (laughs) uh the second incident happened february 3rd at twins tire service located at uh 2911 Van Dyke Avenue. An employee at Twins Tire Service said they were fixing a van with electrical problems so the vehicle couldn't lock properly. Mm. Um, the employee said, I just went to push my glasses up and I don't have them on. Yeah, you um, do. <laughs> I the, saw that. <laughs> the employee said, although it was unsettling, the poop froze due to cold temperatures. He was able to shovel it out of the car, which was a slightly easier <laughs> cleanup. After this, the auto shop deep cleaned the car for the customer. Free of charge. Uh, that's, uh, that's that's service. Twins Tire Service also caught the man's license plate on its security footage, the employee said. 
Huh. Warren police are still investigating the incidents. Back in October, a similar incident happened in Van Buren Township. A man went into a local mire, pooped in an empty box, and left it on a shelf. Join the mill. Join the mill. Join the milfs. <laughs> That's what you thought of first. That's where it's going. <laughs> Join the milfs. Join the milfs. Don't mind if I do. Um. Yes. <laughs> so you were right. Wow. I I'm so happy that really happened. <clears throat> I just am. I know. Mm. I'm sure that says something about me. I don't care. You know, everyone gets a little weird during a pandemic, and sometimes you just start pooping and unlock cars. <sighs> the age old boxes. The age old maxim is true, and you gotta go. You, you drive out of your way and find a car to poop in. You shit in someone else's car when they're not looking. Yep. It's like straight out of the Big Lebowski. <laughs> that like happened to the dude's car. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, oh, my God. I'm getting all stuffy. Oh, I hate this. Well, uh, would you like to take a little break break? I would. And I then we'll come back for the rest of the podcast. I would like to take a break and blow everything out of my head. And then try this again. <laughs> uh, yes. So we'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute. We're going to go pet podcast dog because he's so goddamn cute. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back with the main segment for the episode. All right. All right. We're back. And we're back. Uh, I just kind of spaced. (laughs) (laughs) You were going to tell me about things. Yeah. Actually, what I was going to do is make more car noises. Then I'm like, we're on microphone focus. (laughs) (laughs) I was was ready to just kind of stare at Leroy and just go. He looks like he's cuddling with a guitar right now. He's weirdly like positioned like is like twisted to the side. I don't know what he's doing. He's weird. He's so damn distracting. <sighs> Cause he's adorable. Oh, he's a good looking dog. Oh no, my phone. Wake up. Um, yeah, I'm gonna tell you about something real stupid. <laughs> you already kind of know about it. I do kind of know about it. Uh, usually, you have no idea what the topic is, uh, and we kind of keep it a little <laughs> bit of a surprise to each other. But this episode is about something that both of us found so amazingly stupid. We knew it needed done, and I had no other ideas. Also, yeah, you didn't have any ideas, and that was a struggle. And uh, (laughs) that was why we had delayed the podcast. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, watched half of a thing with you and was like, I can't do anymore, but I'm making you do it. (laughs) Do do you want to... kind of interesting do you want to introduce this as far as what you already experienced so it is a roughly like under 40 minute documentary i forget the name of it it's called confessions of a time traveler the man from 3036 <sighs> sorry i'm and yawning for some reason it's on amazon prime yes and uh it's it's 
about a guy who claims to be from the future. Yeah. And is warning about all these things that happen in the future. Right. It's supposed to be a documentary. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not going to elaborate. I want you to tell it. Okay. Well, first, let's start with how this really started, which was we were hanging out over at your mom's place, and uh, we were talking uh, with your stepdad. We were talking with Troy and Helen both, actually, and they were talking about this thing that they had seen that they were like, oh, we saw this documentary, and it was pretty crazy. And we were like, okay, right? And Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, it's about a time traveler. And I immediately was just like, it's a documentary about a time traveler? I was like, okay. Uh, and it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of that John Titor or Titor, uh, that, that yeah. the guy that uh, <clears throat> claimed to be a time traveler as well. And I wasn't sure if that's what it was. Yeah. So we're talking with them about it. And they're like, I don't know. It might be, it could be real. And I was like, it is not real. There's <laughs> no way that it's real. But yes. I was very curious about what it was. And also... Because they were so convinced, we were curious about how well done this could be to convince people. Right. Exactly. It's like I didn't it wasn't that I needed to watch this to evaluate it for what it was because I was like, no, I'm certain this isn't a real thing. But how good a job did they do that it persuaded people, anyone, let alone people we know? Uh, So how did I start this? I started by saying that. What I what I would categorize as like viral and maybe dumb conspiracy videos maybe are like a dime this, a dozen. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, there's there's been a lot of them that I think have kind of opened uh, the door for a genre of stuff like this, um, stuff like the loose change documentary uh, about nine eleven. Do you remember that one? I remember the name of it, but I definitely didn't watch it. I think it was on YouTube. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, but it was a documentary about you know, the 9-11 being, uh, you know, sort of manufactured and all that <laughs> by the, the Bush administration, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it kind of like got like an outsized reach. Like a lot of people saw this documentary. Um I also think of like Zeitgeist. Do you remember that one? Mm-mm. Everyone was like really into this YouTube documentary. That one was definitely on YouTube. Um, and it was, yeah, the new world order is coming and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of those things. Uh, and there were like three of them. And none of them were particularly well made either. Yeah. But they were just available and they were full of things that spooked people. So they got really popular. Yeah. And of course, there's like all the conspiracy <clears throat> theories about like QAnon and Pizzagate. And yeah, that's the thing is all that stuff has its roots and things like that, I think. Yeah. Um, internet conspiracies in particular have just gotten a lot of traction mm-hmm. over, like, I would say the last 20 years. It feels like they've just picked up steam and not stopped. Um, and I don't know, maybe, I mean, there's always been conspiracy stuff around, you know, or like uh, sort of documentary material about stuff that's kind of not defensible, but I know. Oh, my, my, fo- my phone. I'm so sorry. Professional. I'm sorry. So, baby, <laughs> baby, why? Baby, I you just, I your just feel like you're not prioritizing <laughs> what we're doing, baby. <laughs> Sorry, you're uh, not taking this seriously. So let me move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is a uh, okay. Here's I'm going to start off by defending why this irritated me. I like sci-fi. I like stuff that appears to be real but isn't. I <laughs> yes. like suspending my disbelief. 
I, you know, I, 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 I like that moment of mystery of being like, I know it's probably not real, but I don't want it to be real. Exactly. <laughs> like I find that fun. I'm not, you know, here to, to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, talk about things like this, like they shouldn't exist. Like, yes, seemingly fake real, you know, documentary type stuff about spooky things that, you know, that's fun. It's, it's fun. And I, and I enjoy it. What I don't it's like. It's fun. It's fun. It's a game. It's, it's only a game. It's only a game. Uh, what I don't like is when a filmmaker blurs that distinction to the point that someone could reasonably re, uh, really believe it. And especially if that, that thing is like, Packed with other mm-hmm. beliefs that maybe yeah. aren't aren't maybe problematic. Yeah, right. So I would contend, <laughs> yeah, that that documentary doesn't do that though. Well, or shouldn't. I'll, I'll say this: it's listed on Amazon Prime with two categories: documentary first, science fiction second. I think those should be reversed. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's a documentary format, but it's like clearly like to me at least it's. You know, clearly bogus, but I can't tell what their actual intent with it with it was. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. Let's talk about up to the point that you tapped out. <laughs> it didn't take very long. No, it, it was, was about halfway through. You made it basically 15, 20 minutes in. Yeah. Um. So here's how it starts. It opens with spooky music and a news, a series of news clips about you know, man arrested in, uh, I can't remember where he was arrested, yeah. uh, shoplifting in the, you know, in the market or whatever. Um, a guy with no hair, no eyebrows is arrested and he claims to be a time traveler. Yeah. He claims that he was stealing food because in the future you don't pay for food. Right. So he just didn't know because where he comes from, everything's free. So that's why he got arrested. If a dude got arrested and claimed to be a time traveler, there's absolutely no way it would make national news because that's just clearly a crazy guy. Yes. Right? Like if this actual scenario happened and a dude was like lifting fruit and clothing at a store and then told everyone he was a time traveler, he would be immediately forgotten. Yeah, most likely. However, in the universe of this movie, it's all over every major news network that he claims to be a time traveler. Weird. Um, so they, they do a half decent job of the voiceovers of the news anchors telling the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually sounds like they, they got professional voice actors, I think, to read it. I honestly wasn't sure if that part had actually happened or not. Right. Cause the thing is it, they sold it. They, yeah. That it, part was well done. There's like. You're seeing video footage of not really like, video. You're seeing like news articles on websites. Yeah. Zoom in on, you know, uh, this this web page with a picture of the guy being. Hauled yeah. Off. You're seeing the pictures of the guy. Yeah. Um, so they did a decent job of the opening, which I think probably has a lot to do with why Troy and Helen were like, I don't know. It kind of looks kind of looks real. Yeah. Because it did kind of look real um, like that had been on the news. That part was the realest part. Right. <clears throat> Immediately after, it starts to get downright silly. First of all, this is being a little finicky, and I admit that. I dislike the voice of the person doing most of the talking. Yeah. <laughs> I just... 
I just don't like it. You just don't like his voice in the sense that you didn't buy it or you. It doesn't sound like someone who actually makes documentaries or right. like who is a journalist. It just the way he talked oh, didn't sell it. You mean the guy that's doing the interview like that? He's yeah. calling him and being like, can we can we talk that? guy? Yeah. OK. Yeah. No, I agree. He his 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 voice acting was maybe the weakest in the documentary. <clears throat> and that's, I think, probably why it doesn't feel right. Yeah. The other thing that's great is like everything, all the text in the movie is in spooky. Font. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> it's like that, like gritty sort of like a uh, serif font, like yeah. a typewriter font, but like with like, but uh, it's like got missing spots. And, yeah. Yeah. Right. It looks like it, it looks like a uh, like typewriter the, print. Someone's trying too hard. Yeah. Uh, like you're trying <laughs> to spook me out right yeah. off the bat. Um, my favorite. <laughs> so what happens is the documentary uh, filmmaker calls our time traveler guy and he wants to get him for an interview. And you immediately were like, why are you repeating everything you say? Because he does. It's that that was the first tip off. Well, I mean, obviously there were other tip offs already, but that was a big tip off that like this isn't real because they don't talk like humans. No, they don't. They they talk <laughs> in very stilted sort of uh, they, the way people who aren't that good at acting act to each other weird, and the way people who aren't that great at acting read something that's not that well written. Yeah, it's it, yeah, you know, like it's it's just not written in a way that people actually converse. Yeah, it's it might it be the way like that reading. you think about something, but it isn't necessarily the way that you talk about something. Right. And natural dialogue is a bit of a trick. Yeah. And that's the thing. It is a difficult thing to write. And I'm not contending I would be good at writing it. Yeah. But it definitely isn't like it doesn't sound natural. And he does. He repeats everything. Yeah. And then they're having <laughs> a conversation in which, like, I, I don't want to take over. You no, good. But he's having he somehow tracks down and calls this person who's supposedly from the future. Right. And is like, I want an interview. And the guy's like, no, it's better for you to not know. <laughs> and he's like, but I want an interview. And he's like, no, it's you don't want to know the truth. And yeah. he's like, but I want an interview. And he's like, OK, but it's going to be on my terms. And I'm like, that. Doesn't make any sense. It's actually it's actually even better than that because it's like no, please, no, please, okay. And he, and he doesn't <laughs> even say anything after that. He just all right, and then they do the interview like like in a park. Yeah, okay. So that's one of the great hallmarks of low budget indie <sighs> filmmaking. Yeah, everything happening in a park. Um, parks are a place you can shoot without getting permission, obviously. So lots of. Low budget productions. Can I tell you the thing that made me angriest? Sure. The detail that made me angriest? (laughs) What's that? So they make up this story about this guy who's from the future who has no hair. Sure. Presumably they make up that detail. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing is their story. So they they decided a man arrives from the future and he's hairless. (laughs) So then. (laughs) Yeah. The person that comes to meet them is trying to have some kind of anonymity, right? So yeah. he's wearing a hoodie. Yeah, big sunglasses. And, and the documentary filmmaker doesn't do anything to blur his face or anything. Right. It's just like the guy has a hoodie on and sunglasses. But yeah. you could still see features 
underneath, the, yeah. like beyond the hoodie and the sunglasses. And you can tell that he has hair and you can tell that he has eyebrows. And a beard. And a beard. So I was like, okay, are they just going to overlook this? Yeah. But they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> the interviewer points it out and says, I, you know, all the pictures I've seen of you, you don't have hair. And the guy's like, yeah, where I come from, the radiation levels are too high that right. you're like, hair doesn't grow. It, okay, maybe I could buy that. <laughs> but when you, if you've been radiation poisoned to the extent that you lose all your hair, mm -hmm. it doesn't just grow back. I mean, not immediately anyway. I don't know how long it takes for hair to come back, but. But also, this was their story. <laughs> yeah, like, right. They chose to have the guy be hairless. Yes. And then they chose to have an actor with hair do it and they chose to have to try to explain it away yeah. you could have avoided that in one of two ways uh -huh. by not making the guy hairless in the first place and not having to have that obstacle yeah but it's obviously not like a cool sci-fi touch right or by making the guy hairless and <laughs> making your actor shave his eyebrows and facial hair yeah and wearing a bald cap or can, shaving his head can i tell you what i think happened Sure. Here's what I think happened. They mm -hmm. got the stock photos or the manipulated photos of the time traveler guy together first. And they're like, this is good and spooky. He doesn't have eyebrows. This is this is spooky. And then it was like, well, how do we deal with the fact that you have hair? I'm not shaving my fucking head. We'll just write it. We'll write something else into it. I'm not yeah. doing that. Yeah, we'll just say it grew back, <laughs> which is the real sin here is the low effort. Here's, here's the thing. <laughs> if you want to convince me. Or at least let have there be like some suspension of doubt. <laughs> fucking commit. That's it's a lack of commitment like, on that one. Fucking commit. <laughs> you made the story up. Yeah. Stick to it. <laughs> I agree. Like stick to it. I like agree. that's such a half-assed explanation. And it just <laughs> pissed me off because I want to believe. Yeah, sure. I want to believe. Exactly. I want to be tricked. I want to be duped. I want, I, I want, I want to enjoy spend, this in that way where right. I really am. I want to spend my time being like, is it real? Is it not real? Like I really for as skeptical as we are, it a big part of it is because we really want something to surprise us one day. Sure, I think you that's know? true. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want it to be true. And I knew it wasn't going to be, but I didn't even get the illusion at all. Like, yeah. they ruined it within the first 15 minutes. <laughs> and that's, it's not a long documentary, but yeah. it's just very disappointing that it was so easy. To, yeah. Like, it was difficult to overlook the inconsistencies because they were unnecessary and glaring. If it sounds like we're shitting on this, it really it's is because just because we are. It's just because we are. <laughs> no, it's because we we did. We wanted we wanted to be a little bit more sort of uh, dubious about what we were seeing. Here's the thing: you could do what they did, and you they could have done it better. Yeah, like it could have been really interesting and fun. And the thing is, if this this is like a zero budget indie project, so on some level, you can't be that mad. Like, I remember watching Marble Hornets. Do you remember Marble Hornets, the Slender Man YouTube I never series? watched it, but I remember hearing about it. And I, I I was sad that I missed out on it when it was happening. Marble Hornets was 
transparently mm-hmm. not believable if you really thought about it. Yeah. It was all guys in the woods talking about, oh, God, I don't know. It felt like oddly like a sort of high school drama kind of thing. I heard what you said and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, he's this guy's getting real sick. I wonder what's going on with him. And every conversation takes place in a car or in a park. Yeah. And, but then occasionally you get this crazy surveillance footage of the Slender Man in someone's room because they start filming themselves all the time because they're going crazy. Yeah. So they're setting up cameras on themselves when they sleep. And you get this odd, tall man lurking through the room with his head out of frame. Yeah. And that was fucking great. And I didn't believe it, but I didn't need to believe it all the way. I just needed to have enough to suspend disbelief. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is we're not shitting on, like, low-budget projects. Right. They could have done it low-budget and, like, yeah, still been low-budget. Like, it... There Could lots, have been better. There were lots of things that felt. I'm just, just too saying, convenient. it costs like less than three dollars to shave your eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I really didn't think about the cost of it, but now that we're looking at it this way, that's really funny. It's like, <laughs> hey, buddy, shaving your head's almost free. <laughs> that's a really good point. Um. Yes. I'm. I'm I want to be tricked. Me too. And I, I and I, I like being I like suspending disbelief. So it's not quite sci-fi, but oh god, I wish I could remember the name of it. Back in kind of the early-ish days of YouTube, it was like pretty like the beginning of the vlog train. Yeah. When like people were first getting into like um filming their everyday lives and like I feel like I know what you're going to talk talking about. to the camera and having a video diary. Yeah. There was this one in particular that was like this teenage girl. Was it Lonely Girl? Yes. Lonely Girl 15 or something yeah. like that? I remember that. I got kind of into it. Yeah. And it, it was a little after the fact. I basically knew what it was by the time I watched it, but Yeah. It was still fairly convincing to a point. And the reason, and it was low budget, it was a person in front of a webcam, you yeah, know? Yeah, right. But it was a person who seemed sincere complaining about their life, and it's just like a simple bedroom setup, uh-huh. talking to their camera every day, like, this is what's going on, and then they're, like, having problems with their family, and then they're, like, in a relationship, and that's having problems, and then all of a sudden... She stops putting videos up for a while and then she'll put one up and it's sporadic or like someone will put up a video for her and they're concerned. And like that was also a Marble Hornets thing. Someone's putting videos up for us. And who is this? And that was great. And it like eventually, you know, it was it was revealed that this, yes, this is an actress and this isn't real. And this Mm -hmm. is a whole story. That should be time magazine. That was groundbreaking. That had never been done before. I remember reading about it in time magazine going, wow, you know, it was impressive and it was cool. And it allowed my brain to be like, it's probably not real, but it might be real. (laughs) Yeah. It was mind blowing. That kind of stuff is fun. And it, wouldn't have been it's like it it was an indie project it wasn't that expensive right and i think part I, of the, I think towards the end maybe parts of it did get more expensive but like the the beginning of it yeah. <laughs> what sold it the build-up was not expensive and i'm just i'm sorry i'm just disappointed because <laughs> things it could have been better well you're making me think now about something i hadn't thought about which is that you can actually put in too much production so like this documentary 
starts with all these newsreel clips, which is cool, right? And mm-hmm. actually, that's like invisible production in a sense. Yeah. You don't even see that they have done this uh, yeah. to this degree. But then when you start seeing like um, the text titles that look a little too produced and you, yeah. and you uh, see like uh, – well, I see the, the thought you're putting into it. Yeah, but it looks just a little too much like a movie and not enough like someone's. It feels less like a passion project <laughs> and more like I am trying to elicit a specific response from you. Exactly. Exactly. It just didn't feel casual enough to where we could like suspend and buy it. Yeah. I, I'm not trying. I, I guess I really am not trying to shit on this. Exactly. <laughs> But there's somewhere I'm going to. Anyway, so. I, I keep interrupting. I want you to continue because I stopped watching after <clears> a certain <throat> point. So you carry on. Well, we basically the the, um, the what we watched was almost the entirety of his first interview in this documentary. Right. So it's. Yeah. He uh, he um, basically he's a dude in a zip up hoodie with like a surgical mask on and glasses. And it just <laughs> bless you. <Sorry. laughs> you good. I'm good. Um, he gives revelations about the future, right? Because our documentarian has told him, I really believe your story. I really want to know the information you have. And he says, yeah. okay. And then they meet and he tells him things. And uh, I, I, here's a short list of the things he reveals about the future, right? Uh, one, like you said, people don't grow hair in the future. Uh, the surgical mask he wears is because everyone in the future has respiratory problems. Um <laughs> He says, if you had any idea what you're breathing right now, you'd have a mask on, too. <laughs> right. Which is funny to watch during a pandemic. Uh, yeah, because that's the thing is they produced this in 2020. Like, that's <laughs> why he's wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he says everyone born after the year 2080 has high levels of ionized metals in their blood. So you can't be near cell phones. That's the thing he tells a documentarian. That's why I had you turn your phone off. If you had any idea, the radiation coming off oh, of your phone. Oh, yeah. And this is where it starts to become a laundry list of <sighs> the kind of things that a certain kind of person is spooked out by in 2020. Like, it's not, like, you know how it's weird that, like, our visions of the future always just kind of look like <laughs> what we think the future looks like. But then when yeah. when time advances, it doesn't, you know? Like, yeah. we our visions of the future... um are so rooted in like what, what our present is and what our hopes and fears are in the present. Yeah. And so that's what this starts to look like is like in the future, everything your ordinary dude, you know, who is afraid of, uh, you know, conspiracy stuff today. It all it happens. Real. Well, it, it feels like the, the making of a person who has a specific conspiracy belief Mm-hmm. And wants to convince the world that it's real. Yes. That's part of what started to really concern me about this movie is like, it's one thing to su- suspend disbelief. It's another thing. If you're trying to convince people that your conspiracy stuff that you're, that you're concerned about is real and it's in the future and you're using a pseudo documentary to yeah. establish that case. Yeah. It, it feels very, You've now left the realm of just like trying to spook people out and see how far you can like convince someone something is real. Yeah. And you've entered the realm of, 
ulterior motive and wanting to trick people into believing what you believe. Uh-huh. And fuck you for doing that. <laughs> I, like, will, I will further support that case later, but that's what it felt like <laughs> this was about. And all we need to specify that it's the 5Gs. Well, yes, he says cell phones are banned by the 2060s and 5G is the beginning of everything bad that happens. So that's one thing. Uh, he says uh, everyone in this time is stupid and ignorant. And he, he says, you know, in the future, they refer to this time as the idiot era. No offense. I, that's dumb. <laughs> like, it's just dumb. The idiot era. It has no ring to it. It's who not would, like no one would say that. No, that's what that's what you think. <laughs> also, it. OK, so this is another thing that was inconsistent to me. Mm. He. He talks about how basically this point in time is in their history books and they refer to it as the idiot era. So they're aware of this point in time. Yes. So that means if you were to time travel and go back in time. You might know shit wasn't free. You, you would probably just know shit wasn't free. Yeah. The only way around that would be like if he didn't realize he had time traveled, which I feel like it'd be pretty obvious when you saw people with hair. Mm hmm. You know, like, <laughs> right. you could make an assumption that things won't be free. Like, yeah. he had awareness of this point in time because it's in their history books. Mm -hmm. It's just a, it's just it's a just silly... It's just inconsistent. There's it's, some inconsistencies for sure. <laughs> and, and I feel silly for, like, caring so much about inconsistencies and something so ridiculous, but... No, it's... it's the thing is, just like... Just do better at tricking me. Just do better. <laughs> Just be better. I don't want to just like hate it, but it, yeah, it was ineffective. I do. I hate it. Uh, he tells <laughs> the interviewer asks him, "Do you guys have like flying cars in the future?" And his answer is so funny to me. He says, "Yeah, we have flying cars. They call them F crafts." <laughs> okay, yeah. I remember that part. Uh, he says, "We don't have homes like you have now." Oh yeah, they call them pods. Yeah, they're like homes, but a lot smaller. They're air, you know, uh, he says like uh, air insulated or airproof or whatever. They don't fix to the ground. They use magnetic activity. You flip a switch and it locks onto the ground. It's like you're still describing a home. It's just like something. It's I don't like know. Like a tiny home kind of thing. Like an <laughs> airlock tiny home. Yeah. Call them pods. Um which the idea is that you can move around in them. I don't know. <clears throat> it's, it all feels very unnecessary, but it's just sort of like building the vision of the future, right? Yeah. Um, my favorite thing that follows is the documentarian says, we looked into him. We looked into his name, right? Like they're trying to find his name and they say his name doesn't appear in any databases at all. That's a pretty good trick. It's like, like it's not that hard to do that. <laughs> it's like if you just made if you did just make up a name and search right. it, you might it's not find not it. It's not going to be in a database. Right. Setting aside the fact that they didn't do that. And that's just part of the story. If you were to, like, make up a name that didn't exist, that's not that hard to do. Right. If I was like, my name is Tukey Stillwater. Yeah. There's probably no Tukey Stillwaters out there. Right. But there might be. But probably not. But you'd be like. Yeah, there's like no legit evidence on this Tukey Stillwater person. You wouldn't be like, dun, dun, dun. You'd be like, it's clearly a fake name. This is part of like my favorite thing about this documentary is there's little things like this as it goes. They're, they're like, well, he's clearly real because of this. Like they have these little evidentiary segments, right? Yeah. Um. So anyway, this is about where you tapped out. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you what happened after that. Um, so our documentarian is in and the driver's seat. to be clear, I, I had to tap out because my eyes were rolling so far into my head. I was afraid that I would never see again. I was loving it, by the way. I got to stress, I really enjoyed this just ironically, I guess. I really enjoyed this. I really did. I... <sighs> I have a harder time with that stuff because I get too angry. <laughs> so here's what happens next. The documentarian is trying to set up another interview. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's in his car and he says, I'm being followed by a black car. He says, and I know it's the same one because I stopped for gas and it stopped. And then I left and it left. I'm being followed. If you mean followed and you're trying to go to an interview with a guy who's on like hiding out. Right. You don't just go to the interview, right? Yeah. Well, he does. He just goes, he's like, I'm being followed. But then he just goes where he's going anyway, which is great to me. And play evasive maneuvers. Like. Do something. He does. He just goes. <clears throat> um, he, he shows up at our time traveler's apartment. He has an apartment. And um, he asks to use the bathroom. And then we get a video of him uh, going into the bathroom and taking a comb out of a drawer and tapping hairs out of it and collecting hairs in a plastic baggie. So he's now gathered our guy's hair for purposes we will discover later. I'm assuming to try to identify him. Now, this also, I guess, <clears throat> furthers why they had his hair grow back so he could I gather guess. some subtle DNA. But there's no DNA in here unless it was like pulled out of the head. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You got to get like the follicle and stuff. Yeah. Right. Like if it just if it like snaps <laughs> off, it there's no yeah. I, I guess maybe in a brush or a comb, there might be follicles on that if you like. But it's but like <laughs> it looks like they cut. Uh, right. Clippings it's of hair and sprinkle it like, on a comb. It's usually like loose hair that comes out. I don't know if that has a tag on it. I don't know. I feel like usually when I I shed like a dog <laughs> and when I'm picking the hairs off myself, they don't have like the follicle on right. the end of them. They just like fall out. We've already thought too much about this detail, but yes. Uh, I went to school for forensic science. This is the thing that in particular annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't I, do DNA on something that doesn't have DNA. Well, they do. Boy, let me tell you. Uh, but anyway. I mean, you could do extensive drug testing, I guess, but like not yeah, DNA right. testing. Well, they definitely they gather it for DNA testing. So make of that what you will. Um, he does another interview. In the apartment. This mm-hmm. time the sunglasses are off. So we see the guy's eyes at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, he gives us more details about the future. He says there's going to be tons of wars, but the next one is the vaccine war. Oh, God. Here we go, where the government is putting <laughs> chips in people through the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, he says, you can see the scar where I got mine, right? And it's like on his hand. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't show <laughs> the camera. <laughs> He, like, slides his hand over to the interviewer out of frame. But it's like, dude, like, put a fake scar in your hand. Right. That would be so easy to fake. Just show it to the camera. But he doesn't because I guess they didn't think they could do a convincing enough job of it or they didn't. They thought it was fine to just kind of pretend. So there's that. Um, He says in the future, if you don't get the vaccine, you are what is known as a beneather, which I got some serious H.G. Wells time machine vibes off of because these people all go underground. They're not allowed Mm. to um, buy things or do things. Um, 
he says in the future, there's no parents. This is, it gets really weird. So people are allowed to breed like three times a year until they get pregnant, which not necessarily that easy. If you really, right. whatever. Anyway. <laughs> it takes a, a little more effort than that to get pregnant sometimes, yeah. uh, rather than just three cracks at it over a year long period. Um, he says that when you're born, uh, you are, uh, assigned to a robot that raises you, which they call the caring ones, which is a dumb name. Uh, This is something that aggravates me more than anything else about it, is that they're not as (laughs) clever as they think they are. Like nothing has an interesting name. Like the idiot era, the idiot era, the caring ones. (laughs) Like there was something else that struck me too. I'm like, none of this F crafts. None of this is interesting. Like you're, you're taking something that could be really cool and making me interested in it. And you're making it the dumbest, most (laughs) boring version of it. It could be what you name stuff is like a big part of sci-fi, you know, like in some of these things are conventions, you know, like the caring ones, letters and numbers and stuff that are like inscrutable to us, but like clearly have some significance in a future world are cool. They, they world build. You know, we I don't mean, get that. nanny bots is a way better name for those than the caring ones. I'm just saying. <laughs> sure. Well, it seems like a human came up with it at least. Right? Or just like call them nannies or <laughs> carers. Like, give it the a caring g- ones is too ominous and obvious. Yeah. And in a moment, in a moment, no one names anything like that. No. Like, <laughs> that's something you name when you're coming up with something you want to have a pivotal impact. Yeah. In advance or after the fact when you know the impact something has had. That's not the way you name things in the moment. The typical sci-fi thing would be to give them a name like, oh, they're like T3 bots or something. And it's like, oh, that means something, but I don't know what it is. And then yeah. oh, everyone started to call them something else, you know, like yeah. uh, whatever. And then you have a colloquialism and it's world building. It's all these like things yeah. you can do to pull people into your story. Make me believe. So the caring ones robots raise you. Okay, mm-hmm. and they don't let you be Christian. You're not allowed to be Christian. Um, I mean, I didn't want to be anyway. So cool. <laughs> well, good because you can't. Um, and they um, apparently men are all put on hormones. Uh, don't know why. Uh, the world is ruled by three corporations. Which did they say? What hormones? No, uh, he doesn't specify, but. I kind of read between the lines that, that it was it's like feminine. Yeah, exactly. Hormones. It's like something to suppress your the masculinity. Feminization of men. They put you on hormones and they only let you fuck three times a year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's like they know testosterone's a hormone, right? Like <laughs> right. Saying hormones doesn't mean anything. It's it's kind of it's uh, there's a lot <laughs> of vagaries just, here. It, it's just lazy. Yeah. It it's just lazy world building. The thing is, he says the world is ruled by three corporations. And the thing is, that's true. That's true now. So I don't know. He might be legit. Yeah, it's a KFC. Unilever. KFC. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm getting that, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, the uh, what was the thing from Parks and Rec? It was uh, it was like Chipotle. No, that's not, it's not Parks that's- and Rec. It wasn't. Are you not thinking of Parks and Rec where they did like Chipotle, Exxon, something? One of America's Drizzle, three corporations. Whatever. And no, I'm thinking of uh, How I Married an Axe Murder. The Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders. 
Yeah, <clears throat> that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> His like crazy conspiracy theories and. It's so funny you mentioned that, Christy, because do you know what those three corporations <laughs> merge into to form the one corporation that runs the world? It's called the ring, the Rothschild Corporation. (laughs) So let's throw a little bit of what I think is anti-Semitism. Yeah. Right. Here's the the thing. I'm not totally sure. So many conspiracy theories have a root in anti-Semitism and fascism. Like very often. And it's not even like so. Even like David Icke, right? Like it's very anti-Semitic. I can't believe you mentioned him because he's coming up later. The, the, <laughs> You're it, like hitting every cylinder. <laughs> because this is all very predictable. Like I know. This, the people who believe in the stuff they've already revealed <clears throat> that they believe, like five G and the chips in it's a, vaccines, it's, it's a giant are the people who pile. believe in like <laughs> reptilians, and it's all very anti-Semitic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is, these are predictable people. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't be so shocked that you're hitting all these because they always kind of, they break out the hits. I did an episode on David Icke. <laughs> <laughs> I know. These people bust out the hits, you yeah. know. Uh, the Rothschild Corporation made me laugh really hard, actually. Because it's like, you are talking about the year 3036. Yeah. And still the Rothschilds? Like, yeah. They're, if that's the long game that they played, they did really well. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> impressed with them, honestly. Uh, Not even mad at it. So anyway, the caring ones raise you from a baby and you don't have parents. And they. The, this is to make sure that you think of the pa- robots as your parents and that you obey and that you yeah. you trust them. Brainwashing. And- um, the list of things is crazy. But it, uh, basically, he just kind of rattles off all these things that are like staples of... Largely Christian conspiracies, like you won't be allowed to have religion and you'll need a chip in your hand to pay for everything. And it's the mark of the beast and, you know, all these things. Uh, Basically, he gives us that whole story. Then we cut to his DNA test, because after all, they took his hair to test it. Mm -hmm. His bloodline couldn't be traced back to anyone in history. That makes so little sense to me. I understand the argument is that his DNA was damaged by radiation. You know, yeah, but like you could trace your DNA back to the beginning of time right now. Yeah, you can get a sense of like what culture or like sub regions of regions in your DNA is common. DNA is changed all the time. Like people have cancer and shit, but it doesn't mean all of your DNA is changed and it's not traceable at all. It's a, it might not be a hundred percent match to anyone or anything, but right. it's like there's commonalities, still connections. Yeah, like even if a person is from the future, they still have a bloodline that already exists on the planet. DNA doesn't change that much in a thousand unless, years, unless unless they're saying that like they their bloodline is actually extraterrestrial and were dropped off on this planet. Yeah, fine, I can say like okay yeah if that's where you're going i can buy it but like that would have been a better yeah right but if if you're from even if you don't aren't raised by parents if you're from human beings from this planet who had sex and had a baby then you are connected by blood to someone on this planet it's just another one of these little evidentiary segments that's a kind of low effort to me yeah um 
And there's more of that, too, because we get to see blood work from him because he agrees to do blood work, I guess. Um, Why would if they already stole his hair (laughs) and did DNA, the fact that you can't do that, not, you know, if we brush over that. Yeah. Why do you need a blood test if you already took his DNA? Well, because we get to see all the toxic metals in his blood. So that proves the case. Right. But they don't even really explain this. We see like a bunch of charts. It's actually really funny. You see like all these charts and like plot graphs and like, uh, you know, tables of data and they don't say what it is. <clears throat> so you just get treated to like information overload. Yeah. This is a very common tactic. For pseudoscientific people wanting it, to convince you of something. It is. Let me talk slightly over your head and throw a bunch of terms at you and throw a bunch of visuals at you. Faster than you can But it's going to go them. so fast that you're just going to assume I know a lot more about something than you do yeah. and that it's valid yeah. than the fact that I'm talking out of my ass. Storming people with information they can't evaluate is a tactic <clears throat> common to a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't have any merit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this documentary basically ends shortly after this when we can no longer get a hold of the time traveler and he's like gone missing and we get a phone call with his Russian landlord who's I don't know where he, you know, he gives us one of those. And then a body is found in a near in the park where they did the first interview with his hand cut off and he's burned up. So we can't identify him, but it was the hand with the chip in it. So that was probably him is what we're treated to, right? Is that the, would have been the, the hand that the, had the chip in the it. The one we never saw. Right. The, the, with the scar we never saw. We did get an x-ray. He agreed to have his hand x-rayed, and you can see a little chip in his hand. But, yes, we never see uh, his hand looking like it has anything in it on his body. Whatever. Move past that, right? Um, so. <clears throat> sorry, stuffy. So that's the documentary. It ends basically with that was probably his body. And then, you know, dramatic credits, um, which, again, the credits don't roll like a, like a piece of fiction. Mm-hmm. They roll like a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so let's talk about something else that is related to this, because we started on these guys have other projects yeah, we too. didn't even say what they call themselves they it's one of the best details and i walked right over it. you're right they're the nostradamus brothers yeah love it if that's not a tip off that it's going to be self-important then i don't know what it is <laughs> it's you know the thing is it's it i could see where this could all just be fun except for where we're about to go next. Except that they make it not fun. <laughs> well, yes, it, execution leaves a lot to be desired, to say the least. Um, and fucking shitty, pushy viewpoints also make it not fun. Well, so these guys have two other projects that are credited on IMDb, um, and they are the films uh, 5G, The War Against You. Mm-hmm. And uh, creating the coronavirus, the hidden truth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want anyone to think I'm just a Scrooge about this kind of thing. Like, I, I, I like, <clears throat> obviously, I think I've said it a hundred times now. I like stuff like this. What I don't like is that it's part of a pattern of their other work, which is legitimately conspiracy oriented. 
and has even less of a veneer of entertainment. I'm going to be a scrooge about this. <laughs> okay. I am not okay with anyone putting false information mm -hmm. about a very real problem to try to scare them into making bad decisions yeah. to serve your own viewpoints. 100% fuck you <laughs> for doing that. Fair, fair point. Like, without having watched those documentaries, just knowing what they're about, and that these are the viewpoints they're asserting, yeah. and they're trying to make it seem, like, real and believable and scary, yeah. fuck you. Well, I want to come back to what started this, which is that Troy and Helen watched this <laughs> on Amazon thinking it was a documentary, mm -hmm. and as unbelievable, hilariously unbelievable as it is to us, they kind of thought it might maybe have some basis in reality. And that means they might kind of maybe think that the government might put a vaccine in, in you that has a microchip in it. Yeah. And if people kind of think that might be a possibility, that's a really big fucking problem. Yes. This is already a conspiracy theory that's out there. Yeah. There's already ways to come across it and believe it. It's already shared all the time indiscriminately. Yeah. It, this is the whole fake news thing is a real problem and it has been for a long time. Yes. The legitimate like fake shit going around and people not having the ability to like critically think. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have that skill. If you have that skill, you have a responsibility to fucking use it. <laughs> yeah. And, I think so. and if you're intentionally making contact, contact content yeah. to sway people into thinking these things. This is not a harmless thing. It's not just fun when it might have consequences. Like right. This. It's it's not a harmless idea. Like Marvel convincing Hornets. people that like, oh, sorry. that like convincing people at risk to not get a vaccine that can help them not die of a virus is not harmless. Right. Convincing people it's not real, that COVID isn't real, is not harmless. When there are people dying in the hospital still contending that COVID isn't real and that's not what they have. Right. Like, it's not a joke. It's not funny. It's not harmless. It's not just a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's very real and it's very upsetting. And I'm <laughs> super pissed off right. at people thinking that, they, like, pushing this agenda is okay and doesn't actually affect people's lives. To agree with you further, it doesn't matter whether people think Slender Man is real. It <clears throat> definitely matters whether they think they should get a vaccine or not. So, yes. Like, yeah. there's a there's a reason why this kind of peeved me off. Super peeved off. I was super peeved. I'm peeved now. Super peeved. Super peeved. <laughs> I'm super peeved. So, I mentioned those other documentaries they did, right? Yeah. I want you to know I did the service to you. Of making myself watch one of these so you don't have to. Thank you. I appreciate that. The one I watched. Because I absolutely would not watch that. <laughs> no, it's it's really hard to watch. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. What one did you choose? I chose to watch Creating the Coronavirus, The Hidden mm, Truth. Yeah. I would have chosen the 5G one because <laughs> I feel like I would get too mad watching the COVID one. I'd get mad at the 5G one, too, but I'd get too mad at the COVID one. Well, that instinct is kind of the reason I decided to watch the coronavirus one is it felt a little bit more important. Yeah. So uh, it's it's on YouTube. 
I was trying to figure out where I could get it. And by the way, it's a little bit reprehensible that Amazon Prime has paid for this production, yeah. the Time Traveler video, but but whatever. Put that aside. The other one's on YouTube. I think they're probably all on YouTube, but I didn't look look for the where the the other one is probably on YouTube. I didn't mm-hmm. look for it. Um, so creating the coronavirus, the hidden truth, is uh, dumb. It's very dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. It's dumb, and it's not like it, it. Unlike the time traveler documentary, there is no uh, appearance of it being for entertainment or science fiction or anything like that. It's like scare. It falls right into misinformation. Yeah. So I am not going to talk about everything all in detail because, again, (laughs) they barnstorm you with all these claims that you can't really evaluate. If you stop and, like, Google everything that they say (sighs) and try to find what might really be the more plausible explanation, you'll never finish it. Anytime a skeptic goes up against a religious person in a debate and there's, like, no way for it to – for you to get anything out of that because – yeah. You have to contend so many claims and you can't prove a negative and yeah. you can't make any valid points if you have to keep putting out dumb little fires. Dinesh D'Souza used to do that. Yeah, in their in their logic. It's like it's impossible. And when it's done in a format when you can't talk back to the person talking at you because it's right. a movie. It's not even a debate where it's like, oh, I get equal time to be like, what about, you know, no, it's it's just a wall of claims that that just creeps over you. <clears throat> um, so let me just give you a little explanation of what they, this got dumber than I thought it was. <laughs> uh, like it started. That's impressive. Yeah, it really is actually. It started dumb and then it. The, then it got even dumber. So um, the film does the dramatic music thing that the time traveler documentary does where you're like, oh, spooky music and I'm supposed to feel bad. You know, um, we see um, the claim that Chinese labs were recruiting for positions before the pandemic started uh, that were related to COVID type things, coronaviruses and all of that. Right. We see like. And I I can't even evaluate whether these are true or not, so I won't. I'm just going to lay out what they say Uh, that uh, that, uh, you know, well prior to the pandemic, the Chinese were already like explicitly looking for people to look into research. Chinese. (laughs) China. Um, Looking into bats, bat transmission of coronaviruses, all that stuff. Um, that I feel like it could be true. The thing is, long before like this <coughs> pandemic, right? Coronaviruses have existed. Yeah, and have been heavily researched. And people did fear a pandemic in the future. They knew it was a reality that could easily occur. We had SARS. SARS yeah, we've SARS had was scares before. Yeah, and that's why. And and with people being like, "Well, I don't know," it's, they made this vaccine pretty quickly. They were already working on it. Yes, it's, they were. It's not a thing that they just came out of the woodwork. It was all they were already working on it. Mm-hmm. But when suddenly there is a dire need for it, all of a sudden you got a lot more funding. Mm-hmm. So you do things faster when there's a fucking pandemic. I also think it's entirely possible that the Chinese <laughs> knew way, way before they told everyone else. I think they definitely knew before that they had a problem. They told anyone. Yeah. So it's not that crazy to me that maybe they were researching stuff and recruiting for research for a problem. The rest of the world didn't know about yet. Yeah. Either way, neither of the, none of this points to, well, they were clearly making a coronavirus, right? Right. Um, it, 
and, and the thing is, I don't even want to put it on like China. In this case, it started in China. I feel mm-hmm. like almost any country, if they feel like they're the root cause of something that could be pretty bad, <laughs> might not be super honest about it and might control. be trying to do research to try to get ahead of it rather than admit that there's a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's maybe not the right way to handle it, but I feel like it, certain governments, especially those like exist in China and a lot of other places, yeah. is exactly the way they would handle that. The, the entire first 20 minutes are dedicated to this kind of stuff, which probably just has its <clears throat> roots in something much easier to explain, like they were being quiet about it, you know? Yeah. But they point to research labs that are really, really close to the market where there was the supposed first outbreak and things like that. You know what I mean? Okay. And we, we may well find out someday that China had something on their hands that accidentally got out of a lab. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Mm. Uh, who I don't, I cannot evaluate that because of the nature of the secretive, you know, I don't know. The Chinese government is the Chinese government, whatever. Um, yeah. Anyway. The first like 20 minutes of this movie are dedicated to establishing those kind of links and also to a book by uh, uh, John Koontz. Is that his name? The uh, the the fiction so. writer. Yeah. Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz. Yes. Yeah. Well, he wrote a book in the 80s about a uh, viral outbreak. Is it called Outbreak? It might that have been his? A, no. Uh, outbreak is Michael Crichton. I can't oh, remember okay. what this book was. I didn't give so so what happens is in that book there's a virus that breaks out right and it's named something like Wuhan something. Mm-hmm. So conspiracy people really latched onto this and were like holy shit this dude you know like knew about Wuhan you know or whatever uh, but the but what they don't talk about is the fact that that name was added in a later edition of the book because it was initially a scary Russian name and then the Soviet Union fell. So it's like, that's not as great a boogeyman anymore. Let's make it something Chinese. Yeah. And Wuhan just happened to be, honest to God, strange coincidence, this, the name that they used. Yeah. But whatever. Um, where this really... Oh, God, oh my buzz, God. Buzz, buzz, buzz. So unprofessional. <laughs> just like the second fucking time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. This is where it gets even dumber. I'm like glossing over the entire first 20 minutes mostly. Yeah. We cut to footage from the movie that I think <laughs> don't make that weird face at me. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they made a movie about this book or maybe it was a different book. Doesn't matter. I can't even remember what the movie is called. I really should know. But basically it's got uh Jude Law in it. It's got Lawrence Fishburne in it. It's about a viral outbreak. It, you know, Lawrence Fishburne is playing like the head of the CDC and Jude Law is someone else. I, I don't, it doesn't matter. And there's a scene in particular where the real Dr. Sanjay Gupta is interviewing the head of the CDC for like a TV production, right? Mm-hmm. And then we cut to news footage around the coronavirus and Sanjay Gupta is being interviewed on CNN. He actually ends up being a correspondent for health stuff on CNN. Yeah. Right. But their argument is this is proof. The whole thing is staged because Sanjay Gupta was in the movie and then he was there in real life. But it's like but they use him in the movie because of what he is in real life. Thank you, Christy. I didn't even have to explain that to you. Obviously, 
that's the causal connection. <laughs> right. If you have a person who's like somewhat a TV personality, so yeah. you know they can read lines and be on TV, and, talk and about you want them things. to sound convincing talking about health-related matters, yeah. he's you a just nationally... get the guy who knows what he's talking about yes. already instead <laughs> of having an actor try to explain things that it's not going to sound right coming from their mouths because they can't pronounce the damn words. Get Sanjay Gupta. He's convincing because he's actually that guy. Yeah. The, the thing that makes, is, it's that that's not a conspiracy. It just makes sense to do that. <laughs> well, there's tons of like uh, reversing the cause type stuff mm-hmm. like that in this first 20 or 30 minutes of the documentary. And that's why I wanted to mention it is it's it's representative of the logic that you see throughout the thing. Yeah. I'm going to cut quickly to where it gets even dumber because this whole documentary seems to be about the virus was manufactured. Right. Which mm-hmm. is a dumb conspiracy theory to me. But whatever. It gets dumber when. David Icke shows up and he gets this is a 45 minute documentary or something. He gets like an entire 10 minutes of this just speaking straight 10 minutes. Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, Nonsense for 10 minutes. Here's his conspiracy theory. The material that they identified that they call the coronavirus, the stuff that they find in people's bodies, the genetic material. No, <laughs> there's no there's no monatomic uh, uh, gold and there's no uh, there's no reptilian angle at all. Uh, okay. The reptilians are busy with something else while this happened. The argument is the genetic material that they pull out of people's bodies that they're calling a virus isn't actually a virus at all. They've misidentified what it is. There isn't a virus at all. What there is is stuff secreted from cells as an immune response that they have misidentified as a whole different kind of organism that we call a virus. So he wants <laughs> us to believe that scientists are so goddamn stupid that, that they can't tell the difference between they can't see a virus under the microscope and go, that's a virus. He wants us to believe they have completely taxonomically misidentified what they're dealing with. Also, if it walks like a virus and talks like a virus and kills people like a virus, it's yeah. a fucking virus. Well, certainly if it you look at it and it is a virus, it's a <laughs> virus. I mean, I don't know how else to how does one refute that? You know, how do you argue with someone it's who, like these arguments that are just like, well, it's not a virus because I believe it's not. Exactly. Is like so it's stupid, but there's nothing you can say to that. You can't argue with that. You've chosen that that's true to you, and I can give you science all day, but if you just choose not to believe it, there's no arguing against you. Like, I can give you facts. You do not care about them. (laughs) This is not even a conversation. It's just you closing your eyes and shoving your fingers in your ears and going, la, 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 la. Exactly. If your argument is, nah, I don't, I, there's not, there's, there's nowhere no else to go. There's no conversation to have. Yeah. It's, it, this isn't what it is, even though it clearly is what it is, because I don't want it to be what it is. Yeah. And you can tell me that there's proof and show me facts all day, but I don't believe it because it's not true to me. Mm. Well, there's nowhere to go from there. So he really thinks that not only is there no virus, but that <clears throat> everything we're identifying in people, we're, we're identifying by symptoms, but not by its cause or by like a, a, a observable virus. All of this is purely on symptoms. Like what 
does he think people are doing with a COVID test? I don't know. Whatever. All of it is just symptom related. And everyone has just sped along on this. And then, of course, where this goes, you might already be able to guess, but it's it's all control. It's all controlling people and making them fearful that there is a virus so that you can get them to do things like, you know, stay inside, listen to you and blah, blah, blah. And then get microchipped. So after 10 complete minutes of David Icke saying indefensible bullshit. Mm-hmm. The our documentary filmmaker, who by the way is, I think by voice, is the guy that played the time traveler. <laughs> I think that's yeah. Him. So this is my theory. I feel like the Nostradamus brothers. One of them was the interviewer, and one of them was the time traveler. I think so too. That is what I started thinking. Yeah. Well, there's really out. like no one else in the documentary, so. <laughs> right? I think it really is a small. Outfit. It's just them. Just and they write words. everything, and they, they you know do everything, and they decide to play the time traveler and not want to shave their eyebrows. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so because um, they're not paying anyone to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like there's like I'm not doing that for free. Come on. That's why. That's why there was no actor who came in and was willing to shave their head Yeah, is there's zero budget. It's just just the guy who's doing it. Exactly. So, uh, this documentary comes to a close with about five minutes of footage that starts with, you know, now, you know, basically like now, you know what's happening, but what you need to know is the connections. And then the screen says the connections. And then we cut to, this is five minutes uninterrupted of like, a guy going, <laughs> it's his browser, and he's, like, looking at web pages for things, right? And it's, like, Bill Gates, and um, I wrote some of them down, uh, Deutsche, Deutsche Bank, and Unilever, and it's, like, all these different companies and people, and it's, like, uh, you see, like, a, a corporate directory, and it's, like, who's this scary lady? The thing is, you probably, if you're a conspiracy person, already know who she is. She's just here right now to spook you out, you know, Um, and everyone's connected by this web that he built. So this company is connected to this company. It's connected to this person. Money's over here and the, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we just get like five minutes of him clicking around online. Like that's not showing me the connections. You're just showing me different names. You're not actually proving they're connected. And even if they are connected, There is no, there's nothing nefarious being demonstrated. It's just, you're just showing me that things are connected. Not that they have like a causal relationship between like an event and a, yeah, like people getting sick or things like that. You're like, you're not demonstrating to me that those connections are anything other than connections. Yeah. And that's just how it kind of ends. (laughs) Uh, like five minutes of that. Um, so, I guess we've probably talked about this enough. I kind of given you everything I watched by these guys. <laughs> I just kind of wanted to wrap up and say that like the, it feel that documentary and the time traveler documentary feel like a part of this internet tradition of conspiracy videos that has been going a long time. Mm-hmm. And you called it real early. The connections between this stuff and like Pizzagate and QAnon and all these things that like, People wanting to feel like they're digging in for the real truth. Yeah. It makes people feel special to feel like they know something other people don't know. Yeah. 
I get wanting to feel special. Yeah. <laughs> but like science is a thing and just blindly choosing something isn't real because you don't want it to be uh-huh. isn't being any better than anyone else. It's not being special. Mm-hmm. Willful ignorance is nothing to be proud of. No. And like um, if you look for <laughs> connections between things and you imagine motives onto things, you can build a case for a lot of stuff. And also these a lot of these conspiracy theories aren't victimless conspiracy theories. No, the, they absolutely. hurt people. Yeah. Like telling people coronavirus isn't real or that you shouldn't get the vaccine yeah. hurts people. It hurts telling those people, people and the people around them. Telling people that Sandy Hook is a false flag and didn't happen hurts the victims' mm-hmm. families. Yeah. It hurts the people who were involved and have very real PTSD because of it. Yeah, it's trauma. Denying people's lives in the things they went through hurts people. This is not a victimless accusation. These all of these conspiracy theories aren't just something fun to jump around in for a minute. Yeah, they have real repercussions. I listened to Pete Davidson on the Oh Hello podcast. He was interviewed. Were mm-hmm. you in the, I can't remember if you heard that part or not. No, I didn't. He talked about people coming up to him on the street and talking about 9-11 being a hoax. His dad died in 9-11. His fucking dad died in 9-11. But people, because they know that about him, they'll approach him and tell him that. Not even trying to be mean either. They'll, they'll like, honestly they, think they're letting him in. Yeah, like, you know... <laughs> like what you think his dad might not be dead like, the- <laughs> what do you think that changes for him <laughs> yeah what do you think that helps or fixes for him his dad is still dead <clears throat> I- you, you think he just like poofed <laughs> out of existence i think that illustrates exactly how bent your brain can be on these conspiracy things that like you think telling someone something like that is helpful <sighs> um yeah. Which also brings me to, like, the notion that I don't know how malicious this stuff is. I know that it's incorrect, and I feel like it's hurtful. But, I I mean, you really do have to question what you think they're doing. I don't know how much people realize the repercussions. I I, I don't know how much they go into it knowing it will hurt people. Because I I do think a lot of the time people sincerely believe this stuff. And it does come from a place of... Letting people in and sharing the truth with people. To protect people from a threat that does not actually exist, but that they think exists. Right. But willful ignorance is not an excuse to hurt people. We have a responsibility to be sure of the things that we think are real, especially when they're, they have consequences like that. Again, if you have the ability to apply critical thinking... Like if if that is within your wheelhouse, because some people aren't good at it. Some mm. people were never taught how to do it. Yeah. If you were, you have a responsibility to use it. Yeah. And to do your best to inform people of what's real and what isn't. And it's part of what makes existing on the Internet fucking exhausting. <laughs> Unbearable. Like, Unbearable. And I get it. I don't want I don't want to live on Facebook explaining to Aunt Tina that like you know, Yeah, fill in the blank conspiracy. Whatever yeah. conspiracy theory is going around. Yeah. 
Like, I, I don't want to live in. It's not a job anyone wants. Right. That reality where I'm constantly having to do that. Right. But unfortunately, that will be thrust on you. <clears throat> and you will have to respond in some way, shape and form. And you should do your best to be to know to but know what more, you're talking more about. More importantly, more importantly, I'm not saying everyone has to, like, go out and constantly call people on their shit on Facebook because it's exhausting. That's and, just as annoying. Right. But more importantly, you control what you put on your social media. Yeah. If something is questionable, do not share it. Yeah. If you have the ability to use critical thinking, apply it and do not share misinformation. That shit is like having a loaded gun and just leaving it within reach of a child. You shouldn't do that. You have an ability not to. And some people aren't going to handle that thing with responsibility. You have a responsibility to be more careful. Like, just. There's no excuse. Just being like, well, I saw it. It seemed interesting. No. No, don't put stuff out for people to think about them if you if you really don't think it. Well, whatever. I just I, I used to get fed up with a certain people on Facebook posting something somewhat inflammatory. And then when people come at them in the comments and be like, like hands up. hey, like this is an issue and problematic for these reasons. They're like, well, I just thought it was interesting. No, if you post something on Facebook, if you share something on Facebook and you do not put any clarifying context to yeah. it, you do not put any words to clarify. Yeah. The automatic assumption is that you believe in whatever the take is in that media. You're, you endorse it. And whatever take whatever that, meme or video or whatever, whatever the point is of that, you are endorsing it. Unless what you say along with it is, I do not believe this. Right. And I would say it's more important to just not share that shit. Part of how beliefs spread is that people do adopt the beliefs of people that they trust and like. Yes. So be careful because you might be endorsing something to someone else. Whether you know it or not. And they might use that as a reason to believe that thing. I got sick of people posting stuff and then me being like, okay, yeah, like I understand this yeah. is interesting, but this is patently false yeah. and this is why. And then trying to walk it back and be like, well, I just thought it was interesting for these reasons. Okay, but you didn't say that. Yeah, just fucking And so you're it. <laughs> endorsing the information, which could be harmful to someone else. It's great if you didn't actually believe it, which I don't for a second believe. You're just embarrassed you got called out. Yeah. But, like, someone else might actually believe it. Yeah. And then start doing something that is, like, unhealthy for them or whatever because yeah. you thought it was okay to share something on the internet you didn't really believe. Like, right. we have a responsibility to share information in a responsible way, and it's fucking shitty that we have to care about it, but we do. Right. I don't know. I feel like the, just talking about this topic was going to bring us back to, I think, what is kind of the core purpose of this show. In a way, it is to, like, evaluate stuff, you know, yeah. and to apply some, like you said, critical thinking to things. And I don't know. It felt we like a good topic. We are curious people who fall down rabbit holes. We are people who, in part, want to believe things. Yeah. And that's why we get sucked in. We were to, probably like, never going to believe that there was a time traveler. But right. we suspended enough disbelief to 
Right. You know? We wanted to. We wanted <laughs> at least to for a second be tricked. Yeah. And at least be amused by it. Boy, that first three minutes was pretty good. <laughs> Went downhill after that. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. This is what the show is about. A little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, it it just felt appropriate to dive into something that felt really silly. I'm glad that you took the bullet. I was gonna for say, me. I was gonna say, you are welcome again for you yeah. not having to watch that. Yeah, I would not have. Yeah, that's why I insisted that you do this topic and not me. When I saw David Ike, I literally stopped and Googled David Ike to verify it was his face because I was like, there, "Is he really in this?" Mm-hmm. That that dude's in. That dude's everywhere. If there's a conspiracy <laughs> theory, David Ike has something to do with it. I know. I'm not even joking. No, yeah, because he's he, got a hot take on everything. He throws in on everything. Uh, you know what's funny? I when I googled him, they show his picture. You know, and they're like, uh, you, they always show a photo and then like their title or what they do, and it says like David Ike, former footballer. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really think that's his title right now. I think, <laughs> I think Conspir- known conspiracy theorist. That should is, be is, first. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Former footballer. Anyway. Like also, that was like twenty plus years ago. At this I know. point, like, it's like that's absolutely. way way former. What have you been doing for the past twenty years? I don't know. It's like if someone asked you who OJ Simpson was, and you you lead with football player. It's like yeah, that's kind of true, but like I think he's more known <laughs> for something else. There's other stuff that's happened since then. <laughs> I don't know if you maybe important to talk about. You've been following the news, OJ did a lot more than win the Heisman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's kind of an episode. I think we may as well that's wrap up on it. kind of an episode. It's kind of an episode. And I'd say it, it is an episode. Yeah. Um, but thank you uh, for uh, bearing with me on that one. And uh, thank you out there for listening. I may have gotten angry, but I appreciated it. Oh. Uh, thank you for making me angry. So thanks for doing the show with me. And happy anniversary, girlfriend. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Six years. Six years you haven't murdered me nope and i believe me i've tried uh, <laughs> but i can't get your head to come off i'm wily <laughs> i used gorilla glue oh god we know it's permanent <laughs> it's very permanent i don't know if y'all are on the internet but gorilla glue is very it's, permanent yeah it'll it'll fuck you up <laughs> it's not a joke i oh god I, the thing is that that girl and her hair i do feel bad for her and, yes and on some level she kind of did deserve it because she did it but i feel bad but for her let this be a cautionary tale but i don't feel bad for the guys that are like that's bullshit watch me glue this, a cup to my face this woman is lying about going through this traumatic experience yeah Oof. yeah it's bullshit watch me glue a solo cup to my face oh no <laughs> now i ha- now i have to get surgery it's like I believe this was a mistake. Like with a <laughs> cup over his mouth. I really didn't think it would be like that. You know what it reminds is. me of? Uh, we've gone way off track now. Yeah, I but know. know what it reminds me of? What? That guy, uh, Jazzy Moo. Oh, the Jazzy Moo. <laughs> hey, do yourself a favor and uh, look up the Jazzy Moo on YouTube. What's the one I'm thinking of? Why do I still feel the urge, the urge to suck a cup onto my face till it gets, gets stuck. stuck? I'm an adult. With, with a degree, degree and the right to vote. vote. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's so but funny. I have to see if it'll, it'll get, get stuck. stuck. And it always, always does. And then I freak out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and try to get it off. 
we we have it like memorized now because we yeah. watched the video it's, like it is times. one thing that like never fails to make us happy happy like, happy happy <laughs> it yeah. makes me happy the jazzy move is great look him up that dude is like he's criminally undersubscribed fantastic uh, he really uh, is undersubscribed awesome. please subscribe to the jazzy movie if you ever amazing. if you ever did a concert of like his 40 second songs yeah I'd they're go. not long yeah. that's the thing you could go watch 10 right now and only have wasted like several minutes uh, the jazz emu <sighs> he's great all right let's wrap this up and go eat sushi oh yeah there's so much sushi in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Love you, babies. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time with Christy's episode, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Have a... Uh, of Goose Chase. Oh, right. Of Goose Chase. Sorry. Got to get that in. I think I know what I'm doing next episode already. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm just going to say... Tea. <laughs> What? Oh, tea? Like spilling the tea? I'm not elaborating. Some tea's going to get spilled. I can tell. There's going to be tea involved. Oh, wow. The Boston Tea Party. That's <laughs> definitely it. Uh, happy Valentine's <laughs> Day out there. If you're listening today on Valentine's, uh, thank you for listening to our show. Oh, we didn't do any sexy Valentine's Day voices. <laughs> no. Now we have. Uh, you have. I'm not doing that. Are you sure? Yeah. You don't have even a little urge? I have like a duck voice. Or I, there's no way I can <laughs> a make duck this. duck voice. I can't make this uh, voice. Would sexy. you say it's a goose voice? No, I wouldn't. I would say I sound like <laughs> a, a duck, like a giant anthropomorphic duck. <laughs> I don't. Okay. This voice doesn't go into sexy mode. <clears throat> I beg to differ, but I understand. Thank you. Let's wrap it up. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Have a great uh, couple of weeks. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at GooseChasePod, and our website is www.GooseChasePodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at GooseChasePodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 